As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooter. What's up, dude? Uh, Not feeling great today, not going to lie. <laughs> Big hangover podcast for the boys. We're uh, filming a day later than we usually do because the two of us went to the Phillies game last night and watched a no-hitter for the wrong side. So not feeling great right now. Yeah, I feel terrible. We're on the wrong side of history, which um, obviously stings a little bit. I Here's my biggest issue with the whole night. Like, had we lost, okay, fine. Like, I could get over it. There's more games to be played. We're not out of it yet. There was literally not one moment to cheer for the entire game. Like, I didn't get to cheer once because we didn't get on base. We didn't have any great plays in the field. Nothing happened. I sat there. I paid a lot of fucking money for those yeah. tickets. Sat there, saw nothing. So I'm disheartened. Not going to lie. At least I'm not hungover. I've got that going for me. Shooter is sitting here with yeah. a smart water and some kind of it's energy caffeinated drink. beverage. A caffeinated Let's beverage. Say, don't call it an energy drink, please. It's I not an energy drink. Trouble. Yeah, no, no. We had, uh, we had some back and forth with Chris Bassett. Um, we are all now cool. Uh, we actually have something in the works with him that you guys will see coming up in the next month or two. So stay tuned for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, like, it's still a good time for Philly sports. We're still trying to get motivated for, you know, there's, like, two games coming up in about an hour and a half. So, yeah, yeah it's it's going to be a tough turnaround. Just stay positive. Yep. Positive Peters. PP. PP, nice job. Yeah. But before we move on from the sports, I have one bone to pick with you. With me? Yeah, with you, and I'm really not happy about it, and I got into it a little bit last night, but I, I realized that there was no getting through to you at the moment, so I'm going to say it today. You made an Instagram post on your story before the game. Yep. Okay. You got to the game early. You were excited. You were out there at like 6.30. You hit the Instagram post. And your caption on the post said, prime weather for a blowout. Yeah. Fuck you. That's, that was your fault. That's not my fault. I was feeling it. I felt it in the air. You know how you, you get that sense when you're going into a sporting event and you're just like, I think they're going to win. And I think they're going to win in convincing fashion. That's how I was feeling yesterday. And you're right. Yeah, I got in there very early, and there's not a lot to do in a stadium when you get there two and a half hours early and you pick a spot when you get standing room only. So we sat there, and we had a few beverages. <laughs> and you made a stupid— to try to can, make the time pass, can you acknowledge? Can you acknowledge it was a bad post? No. For my sake. No. That's so ludicrous. No, I'm not a, no apologize. That's no. ridiculous. No. It's, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's your fault because— there is no bigger way to get blown out in a baseball game than a no-hitter. It's literally the most blowout you can have. So you might have felt something, but it was for <laughs> it was the wrong, wrong team, team. <laughs> and you shouldn't have said anything. So I'm mad at you. I'm mad at the world today. I had a long day to begin with. So, like, look, we're going to turn it around on here. We don't want to bum you guys out. We know you're here to, to laugh, smile. and No, it was good. In my hangover state, I you know woke up in the morning, had some coffee, felt like shit, watched. Good. <laughs> watched Salt Lake to just start off the day, just kind of caught up with all the Bravo stuff before we recorded. And, you know, it, it kind of took me away from feeling miserable for a little while, which is nice because this is how we feel when we watch Bravo, especially when it's not Beverly fucking Hills. 
we get to enjoy what we watch yeah. on the screen and we get to laugh and we get to feel things for people. And it takes you away from how miserable you were feeling maybe, you know, 12 hours before. Yeah, no, I, I'll give you that. I was watching um, Winter House today to catch up and yeah, it definitely brought the mood up a little bit. I was, I'm, I'm serious. I was grumpy as shit and I was sitting here kind of angry and then I started kind of like make some jokes to Dev. We were sitting watching Winter House and I did, my spirits brightened up a little bit. So thanks, yeah. bravo. And you're right. And, and it's nice. We're going to have a little bit of a shuffle here today for this show. And this is what it's probably going to be for the foreseeable future, at least in the next couple of weeks. I know Winter House is only probably six episodes long, and the first season was. So we'll do some Winter House. We got some Salt Lake. We got some Potomac. The news, as always, reported by the boys. And, you know, we're just excited to get into it. Yeah, it's, it feels lighter in here. You know, it yeah. definitely feels lighter. I'm excited for our first Beverly Hills free week. So let's get the Beverly Hills news out of the way so we can just move on from this stuff. And then we'll get to our Rose and Thorn afterwards. But... Let's start it off with um, Diana Jenkins. Apparently, her investigation is coming to a close. They seem to have zeroed in on somebody that is responsible for the bots. Now, do you believe that this is true? Do you believe that she actually found a culprit? Or do you think she's saving face and this is her investigation before Garcelle digs up something more damning against her? I, I think both can be true, and I think in this sense they are. I think that she did trace something back. I think there were multiple people responsible for this whole thing. Diana could still be one of them by some way, back channel, whatever. Not going to say she definitely is. Don't want to get in a lawyer dispute. No, 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 no. Her. But no, I mean, yeah, I think she zeroed in on somebody, but it kind of sucks because you don't really get to put a face to the issue, so we don't even know who this person is. It would be much more satisfying if it was somebody that we know, because then that drama would be great. But instead, it's just some guy who like lives in Northern California who has a beef with Garcelle, whatever. But it does take you back and make you think, and we talk about it all the time, Bravo fans are crazier than sports fans by oh, yeah. far. Like this, this length of whatever's going on right now does not happen in the sports world. And we always draw comparisons between the two because it's our two worlds colliding. I mean, it's just crazy to think that somebody had one this much time and this much animosity built up towards Garcelle to do this. So I don't know. I, Diana, yes, I think she's saving face. I think she did find somebody that may have been responsible for at least a portion of it. But you got to think that there's more here. And I really do hope that Garcelle can come up with something because she's not commenting on it as it stands. No, there was a quick um, interview with her on the red carpet at some event, and she said, you know, until my investigation comes to a close, like I'm not commenting on who did or did not do it. She's like, my investigation will tell me who did it. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the only investigation that matters. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I think we just need to sit tight and wait for Garcelle to let us know what she finds. If she does, she may come if she to does. the clue. She might get to the end of it and just decide to keep it internal. I mean, well, Diana might have just found some asshole that was talking shit, like if that's in the comments yeah, section. Like I I do know. I believe that there were people on that thread that were actual people that are just bad people. Yeah, I mean, once they see a trend going, they're like, "Ooh, let me hop on this trend." Terrible trend to hop yeah, on. The worst possible Good trend. Good PSA to hop out on. there. Hey, you see a racist trend going on here? Don't join it. And then the last Beverly Hills news is from our fave Lisa Rinna herself. The walking disaster. She had a manila envelope at the reunion, and she claimed on it, like she posted to her story, Aspen Receipts was written on there. Andy came out and said that it didn't have anything to do with Aspen. It was actually the receipts for 
the Elton John debacle from the beginning of the season that I totally forgot about yeah. at this point. Like, we've gone so far away from the Elton John shit, and that was a big deal early on. Remember that? Yeah. How light and fluffy does that seem compared to how dark this season got? <laughs> I mean, it was it was also a good moment for Sutton, too, because Sutton really did come with receipts, and Rinna was kind of caught off guard. Now she comes back with receipts seven months later. It doesn't really make any sense. I did see something that said she supposedly had receipts from a text exchange with one of her friends who's not on the show that she was live texting during the Kathy thing. So whether or not that's true, if it is true, Andy probably would have kept it in. I'd I imagine. guess, but what is that doesn't tell you anything that tells you that one of Rinna's friends and they have a text chain between the two of them. I don't believe Rinna's friend. No, I mean, she was texting Erica too. Like, yeah, that's that makes more sense for the show. I don't really care about the other. No. And like, I don't trust the credibility of anybody within Rinna's circle. Like Rinna could have called her and been like, hey, let's go back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. Or like she might have just tried to stir the pot and just text horrible things to get a rise out of her yep. friend. Like I'm not buying any of that shit. I'm not buying what you're selling, Rena. No, never am. Whatever was in these envelopes was apparently so benign that it got cut from the entire thing. And I do know from what we've seen in the reunion, especially like if there was damning evidence on there, I think it would have came out. Like I really do. I think that Andy liked to stir the pot this year. I think he would have brought that to everybody's attention. I don't think that he's necessarily anti Kathy. But he definitely was pro-drama. So I think if there was something in those envelopes, we would have seen it. And then the funniest shit, ever since the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter, like his first goal is to just like banish all the bots. He's taken all the bots off of Twitter. Did you see what her follower count went from? No. How much did she drop? 3.5 million to 620,000. That's awesome. And then she deactivated her Twitter with a caption that said, quote unquote, my choice. That's incredible. I mean, I did see some people that they said that they woke up and they had like 40,000 less, but that's awesome. That's so funny. And I did see that's nearly 3 million fake users. Yeah. You know what? I I mean, now that we're talking about this, you know, what kind of sucks. If Elon's going to do the whole verified, you pay $8 a month to get a blue check mark on Twitter. Yeah. That's going to muddy the waters. And as people who, you know, we're, we're well on our way to potentially just getting that check mark. Yeah, I know. Like a legitimate check mark. It would happen that we're right on the cusp of getting this and being verified. And now all of a sudden, fucking Cindy Lou Who down the street is going to be able to pay $8 a month to get her dumb tweets up on a verified Twitter. Like, that's going to be so annoying to me. By the way, if there's a, an account called Cindy Lou Who that is Bravo-centric, we're not actually coming at you, Cindy Lou Who. That was a generalized name, I believe. Yes, yes, it was. So, Cindy yeah, Lou Who. I'm getting in the spirit. You know, it, I was thinking about Christmas and stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, well, we have a little announcement about Christmas later. Oh, yeah. Um, The last thing we need to touch on is, you brought this to my attention, apparently Craig and Paige might be on the outs? Yeah, I, um, you know, a little detective work, of course. Uh, Paige removed all pictures of her and Craig from her Instagram. Now, Craig still has pictures and videos of her up there. So it looks like it could be a little bit of some rocky waters here. And we're kind of seeing that, um, you know, Steele and I have caught up on Winter House kind of seeing a weird dynamic with their relationship and kind of how she feels about him. He obviously very much loves her and it it looks like that on Instagram. I mean, read into it however you want. Maybe she archived the pictures. Maybe they got into a fight and she's going to pop them back up next week. We do have to uh, get our rose and thorn out of the way. Yep. And there's a lot of options this week. There's a lot of comments. So 
You start. You, you go first. All right. So I'm going to start off with my rose. And I love seeing this. And I don't really understand it. And you and I can kind of talk about it. But this one comes from Casey at Kiss My Grits 80. She said, I've listened to the Brav Bears five latest episodes. Yesterday, I started to listen from their first episode. We love that. We tell people to do it all the time. Love it. Listen now. Go back. First episode. So you can see us change. And that's pretty much what she's talking about. She says that we can... She can tell from the first episode who we were standing by, whether it was Kyle and you and I being excited about Diana coming in. We thought it was going to be electric is what we said. And she points out that this is really funny to hear because obviously we change our opinions. I guess the majority of Bravo-centric podcasters or social media influencers don't change their mind ever. They just stand by the same people, and that probably gets a little weird and a little annoying for the people that are watching their content. We're not going to do that. No, absolutely not. I don't have the energy for that. That sounds exhausting. If I was going to yeah. sit here and try to defend somebody that I didn't actually agree with. Or I would... know personally. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to stand by somebody, if you're going to like have somebody's back during something that's probably horrible, right? Like We're talking really bad things especially like the beverly hills season if you're gonna take a stance and be like i'm ride or die for this person and they're doing stupid bad awful mean things i don't know i i will always change stances when we're presented with new information such as the chris bassett stuff like yeah we're you know smart guys i like to at think the end we're, of the day we're pretty smart most yeah, we of know the time. what's going we're logical at the we very have least. stupid moments for sure but oh absolutely if you listen to episode one and come back now you'll realize that we do have some stupid moments but <laughs> So anyway, my thorn, this one comes from TikTok, sadbev5605. Oh my God, Brav Bros, is this serious? Go to a Hooters. <laughs> Who the fuck? Like, I didn't see that. You didn't see that one? No. Oh my God. Like, why? I don't know. Like, I've seen, we talk about it all the time. We talk about, like, straight guys talking about Bravo. Go, don't these guys have wars to fight and cars to work on? Like that's, it was funny, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, why, what is this stereotype about men? Now we're throwing in the Hooters thing. If you're a guy that just goes to Hooters and you just go there because you want to look at pretty girls walking around, that's fucking creepy. It's weird. That's a weird thing and it's to do. It, it's insulting that we were even associated yeah, with that. Yeah, that we're lumped in with that. that is bullshit. Yeah. But whatever. I, yeah. I, that's a good thorn. I like that yeah. one. What do you got for us? So I've got kind of a different stance on my rose and thorn today because I'm kind of grumpy. So they're all kind of thorns, but they're kind of rosy for you. And since I my rose was kind of a dig at you last week, I'm going to give you a little support today because right, you, you look like you need it, buddy. I definitely do. <laughs> so up first, rose for you, thorn for me. And I hated that this became a thing and it became a thing on TikTok. It became a thing on Instagram, even fucking Twitter. I couldn't get away from it and it drives me nuts, but credit where credit's due. From MailChick74, okay, I have to say, due to your TikToks, I'm now quote-unquote influenced to listen to every one of your podcasts. So you got the people to call you influencers. Immediately, too. Rob Hutt oh, took no. you fucking I'm giving... eight weeks. We eight didn't have weeks. any listeners when I started <laughs> Rob Hutt. That's not fair. Immediately. I got, a voice, I got a voice recorded message calling saying Rob Hutt. All right? Okay. You don't have that yet. Actually, I'm going to give you one more that you'll be happy with. But second, Rosie Thorne. I'm going to call it a rosy thorn because it's right. rosy for you, thorny for me. Okay, I'm going to say it. Shooter is influencing me to root for the Phillies in the World Series. And, of course, on Bravo Takes. So, two influences. Here's your third. I was at the gym today, and 
one of our clients walked in the door, who is one of our listeners, and she said, and her first name's Claire, so Claire, shout out to you. She goes, influencers, when she walks in the door. I was like, God damn it. It's in my actual life now. I have to hear this stupid. So congratulations, dude. You got people to call us influencers. You feel good? I feel great. You feel good? And then my last one, my, my actual thorn, and that's just because this person comments on our stuff all the time. I'm not even going to read their name off. I'm not giving them that kind of credit. This person goes, I feel like these guys are in such a negative state mentally that has become a lifestyle for them. It's so intensely unhealthy. It reminds me of a couple of old ladies that have nothing better to do than talk about the neighbors. <laughs> it's Philly, Philly sports fandom in a nutshell, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you, you did describe our attitudes for the last 48 hours for sure, but I would say generally we have a pretty upbeat temperament most of the time. Yeah, I mean, outside of Beverly Hills, we've been, I think, pretty cheerful. Yeah, I, I, who knows? I, I don't know, but you know, to, if you're gonna comment on every single video, clearly you like us. It's an obsession. Yeah, you're obsessed. Yeah. Get over yourself. <laughs> That takes us into Winter House. It's our first foray into it, if you will. Um, it's been going for three weeks now, but um, because of the reunions and everything, we haven't had a chance to dive into it. We're going to pretty much recap episode three, but we're going to run through like the beginning parts so that we're all on the same page here. So you guys know where we stand and where we don't stand. Winter House season one, did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about it? Uh, a little messy. I mean, it. it's like an extended episode or an extended visit to summer house, essentially More where or less. every night is a party. They're up until, th- I don't know how the fuck they do it. They're up until like 3 AM and then they go skiing the next day and snow. I mean, I like skiing. I like snowmobiling, but I can't imagine like, and they're all our age, if not older, I don't know how they do it. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that they don't have to like, do their actual day-to-day jobs, or well, at least not like it is a vacation. They're not for them. waking up doing like nine to five. Yeah, I mean there is, a, and oddly enough, there is a lot of drama when it comes to it. But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it because it's a nice little break from like how serious some housewife shows get. Yeah, so it's nice to like throw that on. We talked about girlfriends in Paris, how that was kind of a nice break from everything. This is kind of like the same thing, and I think this year is going to be a lot more exciting, even for you, because the Toms are coming. I know. I'm so excited for the Toms to get there. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's good. It's like a little mashup, a little crossover episode. And it's only six episodes long, too. So it's it's a nice, quick show. Get it out how, of the way. How we're sure good. are you that it's six episodes? The first season was. Okay. So the I'm first season of most shows are shorter than the... All right, well, can I just hope? Because <laughs> fucking Beverly Hills was 27 episodes long. I just want... I want it to be longer. I like Winter House. Well, they're only there for two weeks. so That's true. You get about two days an episode. All right, what's the math on that? That's seven episodes. Boom. Let's go through the cast of characters a little bit. You got Jason showing up with Jess. Jess mm-hmm. is new to the show. Jason, he's returning. You got... Paige and Craig are there. They get there early. Amanda and Kyle are there. And then the other newbie, Rachel, who I love. I think Rachel's great. Big fan of hers. Jason, I've always thought, I like Jason. Like, he's a likable guy. He seems like guy. a really nice, likable guy. Not, not a reality guy. No. You know what I mean? Like, he seems like a good dude. Like, run, buddy. Get out of there. Yeah. But Luke is back. I, I'm not a Luke fan. Never have been a Luke fan. I have a lot of qualms with Luke. I have a lot of a love-hate relationship with Luke. Sometimes I think he's funny. Sometimes I think... He brings a good element, especially to Summer House, but not so far. No, he does it's, really, really tough. It's a bad look, and he does kind of look like a fuckboy, so it's like, eh. 
not really feeling it. And then the other newbie, Corey. Love Corey. Are you a Corey Corey's fan? great, yeah. So I initially with Corey, I was like, oh boy, like this guy's going to be the biggest fuckboy in the house. He still might be. However, the self-awareness factor is there. I will say the guy's got game. He, he does. Kn- he knows what he's doing. He's setting up pieces. And if you're watching this and not thinking that he's making moves, everything he's doing is a move. And I'm, you're watching it in real time, but it's not overly aggressive. It's not disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Like he's just kind of playing the game and he's playing it well. He's setting himself up for like a couple of different potential relationships in this house. And he's doing it by playing against the other guy's flaws. That's his move. Yep. So when Luke is being an idiot, he goes in there and he has that weird car ride with Jess where they go to the store. And Jess is also like, she kind of gives some weird vibes with Luke where she seems interested. They're in the hot tub. She does say like, no, I don't want to kiss you. Luke takes this upon himself to be like, oh, I've got a real chance. And then turns into a total stage five clinger. He's all over. Or he's not reading the body language, which is shocking. The fact that you can't look at this girl and see her like, cringing away from you and huddling up into a ball to not have you rub her back yeah. is alarming. And he's also like, Luke never strikes me as like an overdrinker. Like he never gets hammered to the point that Kyle does or Craig does. No. And he always seems like he has his wits about him. And maybe he is really drunk and he just holds himself together a little bit better than the rest of the guys. But to not be able to see, like it was tough. Like I, I'm not going to lie. I had to fast forward through a little bit of it because I was like, this is really uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. I honest, I agree. Like watching it. Was, I guess that was night episode two. It was episode two. When yeah. It was like late night and Jason was giving Rachel a massage. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then he thought, okay, here's my chance to go give Jess a massage. Here's the thing. And they even commented on, it on the show. I don't think that he's a bad guy. I don't think the intention is malicious. I don't think he's trying to be gross. I don't think he knows. I, I really, really do think don't that he, think just he knows. completely missed all of the signs. Yeah, and like when she's going over the next day, she says the same thing. I don't think he's a bad guy. And Amanda's like, yeah, he, he literally can't read any kind of social cue whatsoever. Yep. And to Luke's credit, credit where credit's due always, he calls Kyle on like this most recent episode, and we're kind of jumping around, but he says to Kyle, like, am I that guy? Am I creepy? Because I need to know that because that's not cool. That's not okay. So like he has self-awareness enough and he does say a million times in the first episode that he's going to therapy. It's the first thing he intros with is I'm going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Weird way to bring it up, but good for you. Um, but he's doing all this work on himself. And initially I thought, okay, he's using this therapy thing to like, he, he's throwing this out there early to try to be like, oh, look at me. I'm bettering myself. I didn't actually believe it. Until that scene with Kyle on the phone, I was like, okay, if he's actually asking Kyle, like, hey, is that a flaw of mine? Because that's something I really need to work on. Okay, he's actually self-reflecting. And Mm -hmm. I did feel bad when he goes to his room by himself and he's crying, talking to his sister. Yeah. All of those moments I felt for him. And I've never felt like that about Luke in the past because I get really stuck on the fact that he always claims to be this outdoorsy like <laughs> macho man in the wilderness and every single activity that he ventures out to do in the wilderness he does 25 percent of it the igloo never got finished earlier in that same season last year he went outside to chop wood the dude got the axe stuck in the log he's swinging a log around the driveway like an idiot he went to tap the trees to make maple syrup whiffed on that like I know what he's trying to do. I know the image he's trying to portray. He talks about being outdoorsy every fucking second. 
But if you're going to talk about it, be about it. And he's not. Well, what did you think when he was originally talking to Jess, him talking about being a producer and an actor? Oh, but my he doesn't God. Act. But, you know, I don't I don't say that I'm an actor, but like I do act and I do produce like I'm not really a producer. But, yeah, I do produce and I'm doing this this whole piece. And it's just like, what what are you trying to do? Well, like, by the way, he, it worked like a charm because she goes, he's a movie producer. Oh, he's yeah. He's an actor. He's this, well, this he's is, that. This is the problem with Jess. And we see this time and time again with every reality show everywhere. I mean, not even just Bravo. She came to Winterhouse because Jason DM'd her on Instagram. Yeah, three months prior. And was just like, hey, you know, if you ever want to meet up, whatever. She ends up going to Winterhouse. Like, that's a little starved for attention. You see that time and time again. She doesn't really bring a whole lot to the show. I don't really think, like, the girls are meshing pretty well, which is good, at least for now. Usually when you get, and Something we saw this last up. year. Yeah, we saw this last year, too, where all the girls, like, there's a couple of new ones in there, and... I miss Andrea, obviously. I miss Andrea, too. You know uh, who else I miss? Who? And it's not Winter House related, but Summer House, since it's the same realm, is Alex. Oh, God. Alex brought nothing to the table. But he was so nice. So what? He was just a nice guy. Yeah, well, he didn't fit in. That was my Jerry Seinfeld impression, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty good. But, I mean, and you do see it, like, the girls are kind of meshing, and Paige said it well, I think, with regards to the Luke situation. She said, look, like you showed a little bit of interest in the beginning and that for any guy is going to strike them as no matter what happens, like she showed a little bit of interest in the beginning. So like I can always get that back. I'm worried right now and maybe we'll see this play out tonight. I'm worried right now that Luke still does think that he has a chance with Jess, even though they have that very awkward, uncomfortable situation that she rightfully so. She did have the conversation with him and he asked to say something afterwards and she's like, no. Absolutely not. That's cool with me. I'm fine with that because she's the one who felt uncomfortable. Luke saying anything afterwards isn't going to help anything. So whatever. But they have that scene right after where they're on this on the rink and he's like teaching her how to shoot a puck. I have a feeling that Luke's going to be like, you know what? I'm not out of this game yet. So I that was my same thought. Yeah. When I saw that again, credit where credit's due in the past, because this is not like the first time this has happened with Luke where he has overreached and thought that he was more in than he actually was when it's addressed to his credit he does tend to pull back and create a friendship if you look at like his situation with hannah burner for so long like they they seemed to be a thing and they weren't a thing and then like they were always kind of flirty or whatever i think at some point that was like laid out like okay this is a friendship and he was just friendly like i didn't see creepy shit happen after that i think that he can take not social cues but actual verbal cues like hey stop it I think he does stop, and I think that if we see him getting some positive reactions out of Jess and like having good interactions with her and not pursuing, it will again show actual growth in Luke. So that's his chance to kind of redeem himself, I guess. But it now, sounds like you like Luke. I this don't. Is what I really don't. I yeah. don't. But I will always defend people for what I think is like the right stance. Okay. Okay, but I don't like him. I think that he's All annoying. Right. I he reminds me of somebody I know that I'm not a huge fan of. So like. It's just, (laughs) by the way, it's not me, by the way, I don't claim to be an outdoorsman, so it's not me. It's not shooter. And I won't say their name on the air, but that's one of my biggest holdups with him. Honestly, is that he reminds me of this person. I'm like, ah, boo. (laughs) It's not his fault. It's a little too close to home. It's not his fault. But no, but I mean, overall, I think we're, we're pretty good. We're excited about Winter House. We're excited that Tom's are coming in this next episode. It still seems like so much fun. I do think. I mean, we're going to get 
to dig in a little bit to um, Schwartz and Katie's situation. I try to kind of feel like where wherever they were in February. Um, so that'll be nice to hear a little bit of Vanderpump action. But overall, I just hope it's a good time. I hope it's fun. I think it's going to be. I don't know. Every time that they like they bring these new people in and then they hook up. Or you get like Austin and Sierra from last year that spills over to Summer House and it ruins the whole fucking show. Oh, I have a question. What? So what? Where? Where are we in the timeline of Austin and Olivia? They is are this pre-reunion. Talking. Yes, this is pre-Summer House reunion. Yes. Okay, so they're so still they're cool. in the talking stage. Okay, so that, okay, they okay, are okay. talking about Olivia when they say that he's he's got a girlfriend or he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't call her his girlfriend. That's Olivia. So it's pre-Southern Charm reunion. Yes. Okay. Cool. It's Southern Charm. I believe would have already wrapped before Winter House. But they didn't reunion. But they didn't do the reunion until, let's say, sometime in the summer. Okay. All right. Um, I, I was just curious about that. I didn't know how no, it you're up. right. Fuck. Now I'm all... This happens every time. We need these our shows, flow charts. I know. We need flow charts really bad. But these shows, like... Now I'm thinking like maybe, so, maybe Southern Charm was filmed in the spring, and then they did the reunion in the summer... And then Winter House after? And then Winter House was actually before all of that. So now I'm just, I don't know. Well, if anybody knows, if anybody knows, let us know, because we don't know. But, I mean, the biggest drama from this episode was the Luke stuff. We kind of covered that. Um, There's a couple things I want to touch. I thought the speed dating scene was incredible. I think every cast should have to do a speed dating thing. Well, we saw it in Real Girlfriends Paris. Oh, yeah. The speed dating thing was awesome. That's right. Yeah. By the way, I hope that people like watch that because it's still great. If, I don't know if you continue to watch yeah. it. Yeah, but it was it was a great season. It did. TV. The ratings did go up towards the end of the season. It did? So I okay, think people good. started to, to realize that it was a good show. I would love to recap season two in depth because yeah. I, I love that show. But the speed dating scene, I thought it was hysterical to hear those questions, to hear the responses. You got the Kyle one where like he faked it with a girl, which, yes, that does happen. Yeah. Um. Well, he said he spit on her back. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I think the Corey thing was the funniest. He's like, yeah, this this uh, Again, this move. guy wanted me to bang his wife. And then she was like, what? What happened? And the guy, he just stood in the corner while I did it. Like, did you enjoy it? He's like, yeah, it was weird. But I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Are, are you like, censoring yourself from like the main thing he said? Yes. You are. Do you want to say, say it? it? I'll say it. Yeah. Because again, here's the moves that he does. And this is what led me into the Luke conversation earlier. So... Here's the Corey moves for those of you that are not picking up what he's putting down. The move by getting in the car with Jess and being like, both of those dudes would bang you in a heartbeat if you gave him the chance. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's him playing. Like, I'm not interested. I'm just going to sit on the sideline and be like, oh my God, that's crazy that these guys would be like yep. that forthcoming with you. Ha ha ha. Wink. Like, that's a move. And it works. And then fast forward to this moment where he's like, yeah, it was weird. You know, the guy was in the corner and like I was banging his wife and I made her squirt like, oh, yeah, I did actually forget. Like it was just really weird. And by playing that he was uncomfortable with the situation means that he's not a creep. But one, he's very sexually capable. And two, he's into weird shit, which struck her fancy. She goes, wait, sit down. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's playing the game really well, and I'll give him credit where credit's due, man. I've said that a million times this episode, but I think that we are going to get a lot of drama this season, and it's going to be Corey-centric. Okay, I can see that. As long as he keeps his cool, I'm fine with it. If the girls are, like, fawning over him and they start to fight with each other, that's fine by me. But I just don't want – because I do like him, and we need, like, an Andrea type of figure in this house. And without Andrea being there, 
this is really our best chance. So yeah, as long as he doesn't into that role, yeah, as long as he doesn't lose his cool, he doesn't get into a fight with one of the other guys. Although that would probably also be fun. I don't know. I I like him. I hope things work out. I do like that he. Speaking of working out, held a hit workout at one of the. By the way, this is that's the best brewery. Heady Topper. Yeah. It's, I'm an alcoholic. You don't think I yeah. know fucking Hetty Topper? Dude? Yeah, but you always give me shit when I drink IPAs. You're like, oh, dude, fucking Coors oh, Light doesn't drink, that, bro. Oh, my God. Now that I have a platform, let me say this oh, God. to the world. Nobody likes IPAs, okay? It is an acquired taste that you still have to choke down like bitter alcohol and, and claim like, ooh, this one has hops in it. Ooh, this one's citrusy. Like, shut up and drink a Coors Light. They're, oh, it's water. No shit. It doesn't taste bad. It you just wash said, it down. ooh, Heady Topper. Heady Topper is ranked the number one beer in the world. It's an IPA. I understand that. I have respect for being claimed the number one beer in the world. I will give respect there, but I will not sit here and claim that when I went to bars back in the day and got an IPA, they're like, oh, this is like our fall special. Oh, it sucks. There's too much cinnamon in it. I don't know what you're going for. Why is it pumpkin? I don't want a fucking pumpkin, pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beers are great. Pumpkin beers are not great. What do you, Nobody do you drink pumpkin, pumpkin lattes? No. All right. Well, are you even that much of a thought then? Look, I can get as thoughtum as the rest of them. Don't Without even get the me pumpkin? Stu- I don't know. I, like pump- I got a box of pumpkin cookies over there from my grandmother. If you want to have one, they are exquisite. Would love to have one. I'll give you one after the show. They are really great. But, um, yeah, I, I <laughs> don't sidetrack me. I want to get this out there. I don't think that anyone genuinely likes IPAs. I think they like the look of drinking IPAs, and they like being the IPA guy. They like being the person that goes, oh, I'll, I'll take an IPA. This one's crispy. Shut up. Again, not much happened. Austin's in the house. I'm sure something will pop off there. He is doing his best to repent for his sins, which I appreciate. I do, now, do you think that he hosted this whole fucking party just so he can put Sierra on the spot and say, do you forgive me? Well, that was the problem, dude. He never said, I'm sorry. No, no. He said, do you he forgive me? He said, I made, me? I made a really bad mistake. And do you forgive me? Yep. Not, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? No. That's a very big difference. I just don't, I mean, we talked about it in Summer House. I don't really like Sierra to begin with, so. Not that I think Austin's actions are inexcusable or Excusable. excusable that's fine i just i hated their dynamic i really don't want to rev that one up again leave it alone let's move on because it bothers me when it happens on i don't screen. think we're going to i think that that one's pretty clearly done especially if he's with olivia at this point and olivia would have brought it up at the reunion if that's how the timeline is yeah that he made a mistake in the winter house so i don't think we'll see that and then the last thing Oh, wait, no, that actually confirms the uh, the timeline right there. Does it? Yeah, because they did reference... Winter, uh, okay, yeah. Winterhouse did reference when Sierra went to Charleston. That's right. So that did happen. Okay. All right, thank God. All right, we're Woo. on the timeline. We're good. We're back. We're back, baby. The last thing, Craig's out of control. Oh, my God. He's yeah. having a really tough showing. It's hard to watch. And I will say this. For so long in Summerhouse, we watched Paige crucify Kyle for everything that he did. A lot of times he was right. Like a lot of things he was saying were correct. His approach was terrible. She had no issue calling him out, making him feel stupid, making the whole group look at him and be like, oh, what a piece of shit. Craig's doing the exact same, like literally to the T, same behavior as Kyle, arguably more rambunctious. He's like stomping on tables. He's like telling Amanda she's stupid for cleaning up broken glass. Amanda still doesn't really lose her shit on him. She tells him to like go away in that moment, but overall she's pretty supportive of Paige. In the meantime, 
we look back at like flashbacks of Kyle acting up. Paige is mean to him. She's mean to Amanda about it. I hope that she can use this as like a come to Jesus moment where she sees like, oh, wow, I didn't have Amanda's back at all during all this. And she hasn't once thrown Craig under the bus. She's more trying to help her cope with all of his shenanigans. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do think that Amanda and Kyle and they talk about it a lot since they've been married, things have gone so much better. And you can tell, I mean, this is the element that you're going to be able to see the change. I mean, she talks about how he's not you know, as crazy or like hard to control and he doesn't have a hard time like controlling his emotions and he opens up a little bit more since we got married. That's all well and good behind closed doors in your private life. But when you're in this situation, can he still control that? Can he still open up? So far, so good. So far, so good. They're lovely. By the way, power rankings right now. They went back to the top. They're number one. Kyle yeah. and Amanda are number one. Yeah. So good for you guys. We don't even know if Paige and Craig are together. So. Paige and Craig are, they went from number one to maybe not even there. And they're kind of tough to watch in this show, too. It's not great. No. I, who takes a meeting in the middle of a house? Yeah, and I like, I, I get it. Like, she did announce to everybody, hey, I'm doing a Zoom meeting. I don't care. But it does, you're on vacation. You're on vacation. a lot of people who have been drinking for three straight days who are hungover or still drunk or whatever. Just not a good call. Go to your bedroom. Go to your. What, the, do, you, what the, do you need to be in there? That's going to give you any different than going to the bedroom unless you just want, maybe this is a hot take. Maybe you just want people to see like, Ooh, Paige is on a meeting. Like must be important. She's important. Because I, she, I think she has that image problem where she talks about it. People think that what I do for work is like me playing pretend. I think she wants to show people I'm not pretending this is a real job. Ooh, look at me. And then she gets mad when people interrupt her meeting. Like you did it in the middle of the room with 15 people there. I know it's not 15, but still, a lot of people walking around on vacation, dumb look. I, I just, yeah, exactly. And I think that part of it is that she wants people to know what she's doing. And look, she is successful. She has been on Access Hollywood with her, like, styling. And she's starting a clothing line with Amazon. Like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Good for you. But you don't have to take the meeting in the middle of the house no. to prove a point. And then get mad at Craig when he goes, I love mini skirts. Like, yeah, of course you do, buddy. Settle down. <laughs> yeah, good for you, Craig. <laughs> From the top rope. Yeah, go Shut back up. to bed. Go back to bed, Craig. You look like shit. <laughs> but that takes us back out west. We're with the ladies of Salt Lake, formerly of Scottsdale. How are you feeling about the season so far? Um, it's okay. It's a nice change up. Um, not a lot going. I mean, this episode was a little slow. Yeah, not a lot happened. But... And we can focus on a couple different things. It is funny seeing these characters come out like Chris Harrington or just like the people that Heather brought in. By to the do way, the Chris choir. Harrington is such like a bratty villain name, in my opinion. That's yeah. like if I'm watching a movie and there's a high school bully, it's like, oh, that's Chris Harrington. <laughs> I think that was the I think that was the villain in Brink. Was it? Nah, I just made that uh, up. But see, it sounds believable. I one hundred percent could believe that. Love Brink, by the way. Go Great back movie. and go go back and rewatch that if you haven't. Um, no, I mean, I, I do like it and I, I'm still eating shit from saying that I liked Whitney in the first episode because she's just turned completely. I really do not like her at all. I feel bad for her husband. And I feel terrible for her husband. It's just, I, here's the thing. And I wanted to look into this. I couldn't really, I kept hitting dead ends. So he lost his job. So we're going to yeah. talk about this. He lost his job. And it sounds like he lost the job because of Whitney being a public figure and more specifically their sex art thing that they did last season. Yes. I get it. I understand that. Do 
upper management people in business all over America do shady and sketchy shit behind closed doors? Yeah. Keyword. Behind behind closed closed doors. doors. So it is a little different. I wanted to see if his company was tied to the Mormon church, which it could be. A it lot of things to be in Utah. In some way, shape, or form. And if it is, then I get it. Well, now, that's what the con, like, I was trying to tie together what conflict of interest meant. Mm-hmm. It has to be because a conflict of interest would imply that they're working with somebody else, that him being tied to Whitney would be an issue or something along those lines. So for me, conflict of interest there says. Sex art does not line up with the Mormon church beliefs. Not only that, but she's also leaving the church. That too. So that could be part of it. That's why I wanted to figure out if it was tied into the Mormon church, which a lot of things are in Utah. If she's leaving and then they have obviously this footage of him doing what he did last year, that's an easy like, all right, Chris, like we're going to have to move on. All right, Justin, we're going to have to move on. You think that the real reason is because she's leaving the Mormon church and they're using the sex art as like their scapegoat. Like this is an easy tee up. Ooh, I like this. I think that it's, I mean, it's a lot like Heather writing the book Bad Mormon. She's on a public, on a reality TV show talking about how bad the Mormon church is for her and how she's leaving and she's blasting it out there. Her husband who... I don't know if he's part of the church or wasn't or whatever, but it's an easy scapegoat to be like, oh, here, last season, you did something that we don't really want our executives to do. I mean, he was the head of sales for this company. He's going to be fine. He'll move on to another company and whatever. Now, does it suck that Whitney probably blew all of your savings to do this whole Rose Beauty line that apparently didn't do so well? Wild Rose. Yeah. Do you know that for a fact? Yeah. It didn't, didn't do well. Do well no. Oh, shit. If it did well, they'd be fine. They wouldn't worry about things. As soon as he loses his job, she goes, he makes a lot more money than I do. I'm worried about the kids' soccer games and this house and, and everything lifestyle. else that's going on. the lifestyle. second thing she was yeah. concerned with. And I mean, we see the same thing with Jen Shaw. Like, she's obviously going through it. She's worried that she's going to lose that whole lifestyle, and we're watching her go through that every day, and it's great. But in this situation it's just tough to watch a guy who like it's collateral damage it's collateral damage and my biggest problem with this she very quickly makes it about her oh immediately like he just lost his very very big job it's a big deal this man has not cried since his father passed away and this brought him to tears you immediately say this is just because they don't want like the Mormon church doesn't like a woman in power. It doesn't like women to be successful. Like this is a slap in the face to me. It's like, no, no, let's look at, let's break it down pragmatically. Let's look at this from a logical standpoint. Okay. Is it grounds to terminate somebody because of something they put out on social media, such as the sex art thing? Yes. Should it be? No, but would a company relieve somebody of their duties because of that yeah i believe they I would think at the very least they'd give them a warning and be like hey you know if something like that pops up again please don't do that yeah this is because bad luck. your whole life is on reality tv so they know where you work they know who you're representing this is not how we want to be represented by one of our senior sales guys like no that doesn't make any sense correct period and when you do tie in the potential tie-ins with the mormon church then yeah that makes a whole lot of sense logically speaking okay so no, it's not about you. This moment's not about you. And you say that you're proud of that art expo that you did, which fine, great. But maybe that's not the right time to be like, I stand by it because that's got your guy fired and he is a mess right now. So let's give him a hug, a pat on the butt, tell him it's going to be okay and move on. And then the next day, maybe you can go in and say, 
I think this is because they don't want me to be successful. If that's your stance, fine, whatever. But in the moment, like be there for your husband. Yeah. And I think you can kind of see that too the next day when she goes and does yoga with Lisa. And Lisa's like, look, you guys are going to be okay. He's a great guy. He works really hard. This is going to be, it's going to be a roller coaster, but you're going to be fine at the end of the day because he's going to find another job and you're going to love it. And by the way, and that's supportive. That's what you want yeah. Whitney to say to him in that moment. Like, look, this sucks. I'm so sorry that like my right now, my image and what I do on my show is affecting your life and our lives because that's how we're financially stable. That really sucks. I'm so sorry that this happened, but look like you're really good at your job. Anyone would be happy to pick you up. You're going to find a new job. You're going to land on your feet and we're going to be okay. It's just going to be tough right now. Say that to your husband. You know in what? The I'm going to, I'm going to clip that. I'm going to send it to him. Yeah. Just so he knows like, Hey, we feel for you, buddy. We got your back. We bud. got your back, man. Cause by the way, I like him a lot. I love him. I yeah. think he's great. I think he's a great house husband across the board, across all franchises. As far as like Salt Lake husbands go, this guy is the king of the house husbands. Like, oh my god, we so had, above and beyond. <laughs> we had another moment where I was like, wait, I thought these house husbands were just absolute robots. Apparently, John Barlow said to Chris Harrington at again a fucking jazz game. Why do these people Dude, go to jazz games all the time? Apparently, the jazz game's lit. It's the, I guess there's not a whole lot to do in Salt Lake, so you just go to jazz games. We all gotta the time? go to a jazz game. I think we have to. Do we have to give any blowjobs? I'll give it over the pants handy to go to a jazz game. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what Heather said. But yeah. <laughs> then you hear that John Barlow told Chris Harrington, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm get like, the fuck away from me. I could not see him doing that. I couldn't he's, either. He's a robot through and through. Same with Seth. He had two good moments. Mm -hmm. He had that. And then when Lisa was trying to get warmed up to go try out for Heather's choir, he pretty much pulls a stepbrothers and he's like, you're off. That's so off. You're totally off. Like... <laughs> For him to look Lisa in the eyes and be like, oh, no, that sucked, was awesome. I was yeah. like, this guy, I don't know, JB husband boss might be a little more in-depth than we thought. Probably not. I Probably still think he's not. a robot. But, you know, a couple shining moments for him. So I, I, I did appreciate that. But we can, just, I, I, we can just jump right into the Chris Harrington thing. Them sitting down, it's, it felt forced. You get Angie Harrington and Meredith sitting down. And Meredith is... Everything that she's doing now is almost in spite of Lisa. Uh -huh. And it's like, you know, I never really got close to Angie before because Lisa didn't really like her. So it kind of held us back. But now, you know, I think we've got a lot in common. Like, fuck you. You just do this because you're mad at Lisa. And so the producers gonna... thought this would make a good scene. Yeah. The, you guys have nothing in common. There's no substance to your conversation. And then you get this guy who Jen Shaw called a fat fucking elf on the shelf. Oh, yeah. Chris Harrington. <laughs> Sitting there and giggling, and he's like all over the place and just decides out of nowhere to be like, you know, I am 52 years old, but I had a very immature moment. I started a Finsta. Like, he said what, it so nonchalantly. He said, Judge me later, but ha ha, I started a fake Instagram. He page. said he had an immature moment. He was on that page. I, I bet you that page is still active, honestly. No. She's What's she pled guilty. It's called Shaw Exposed. Oh, well, if there ever was a time for a resurgence of Shaw Exposed, it would be right after she pled Absolutely, guilty. Absolutely, because everybody is pissed at her. But he sat there oh, and wow, said... Oh, wow, it still is up. He had an immature moment. A moment does not last m several months of you commenting randomly and trolling all over the place. That's like your new job. I think the funniest part to me was that it wasn't even like a Jen Shaw-related page. It was about... Like, going after Lisa Barlow, mainly. Yeah. I think there were some Jen Shaw posts as well, but, like, the main premise was to get back at Lisa, and then Jen even says, like, 
then name it the Lisa Barlow page. Don't name it Shaw Exposed. She takes it a step further and says, now you're coming after my whole family. No, they're not. No, no one you're, sees Shaw you're Exposed. Still Jen Shaw. Yeah. yeah. No one sees Shaw Exposed and thinks, oh, the whole Shaw family. They think Jen Shaw because you're a felon. So <laughs> let's not get things crossed here. Yeah. But yeah, that whole moment was. Well, that's actually a really good point because she wants to make everything about her all the time. But now that this is very specifically about her ah. she wants it to be the whole family yep she yeah, doesn't want that she doesn't want that jen we see through it we see through it we, the bros are on yep. to you but uh the whole chris harrington dinner was just bizarre to me like i didn't understand why he was so jovial about it then he says live in your truth like he's having this come to jesus moment where he's like look i messed up but i see i saw the light and now I'm repenting for my sins. Like, live in your truth. You don't get to have a rah-rah, good-for-you, buddy moment after you fucking burn somebody on Instagram with a fake account for an extended period of time just because you admit it to two people who, by the way, don't take it very well. Meredith is like, oh, that is awful. That's not good. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Her stupid husband, Seth, who's an idiot, is like, I totally get it. I totally get it. Because Meredith probably would make him do the same fucking thing. Absolutely. And Seth is a little lapdog for everybody around it. That's what I've gathered about Seth. He is a people pleaser no matter who he's around. That's what I don't get. Like, I posted something on Twitter last week talking about how he loved Brett Favre. There were so many people that were like, I love Seth. Seth is great. Why? And then there were there were people that were like, he's so hot, too. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Maybe. What I, are you watching? He's not a bad-looking dude. But yeah, but he's a loser. He's a dork. Yeah. And, like, I, I just don't get it i don't under he doesn't bring anything to the show and for him to sit there and be like i get it dude well like, if nothing you? else at least chris harrington has a personality of his own he does like, have a personality he's a weirdo he's a and he's strange, very jovial yeah but he was giggling and like having a good time like a girl and it was like all right dude i could do without him honestly <laughs> i don't know i kind of want to be more of him. <laughs> i could spare me And we ended it with this choir tryout where you seem to have more judges than actual contestants or whatever you want to call them trying out for said choir. And I will say as far as like thrown together judge panels go, it was somewhat impressive. I guess the one guy was the son of the biggest Mormon recording artist in the world, which I think we need to dive deeper into that. Um, you had a finalist on American Idol and like four or five other people. I don't think that you needed that big of a judge panel for that amount of people outside, but whatever. You get Jen Shaw is the Ryan Seacrest of the whole event, and she walks outside, and you see Angie, who is performing with Whitney, I guess. This is where I start to get confused again with my Heather stance. I love Heather. Heather's great. She's funny. She's light. Like She's quick-witted, but... This is the second time that we've seen her kind of shoehorn in Angie into a situation where she knows it's going to ruffle feathers. You know you're bringing Jen. You know that Jen is going to be a centerpiece of this tryout. You know Angie's going to be there. Like, what the hell? It's the same thing as putting Angie in front of Lisa. Like, Jen just found out that this person made a fake Instagram account, her husband, whatever, and you're going to put them in the same room together? Not to mention Jen had addressed this to Angie. She texted her and said, hey... What do you know about this fake account? Apparently, Chris is running it. She says, I have no idea, which was a bold-faced lie. So Angie is like 0 for 3 on getting caught in lies already. So is Heather like a little shadier than we think? Like, is she trying to stir the pot more behind the scenes this season? I think it might be a producer move. What do you think about that? Oh. Why not get, especially now? I mean, we don't know what gets cut from the show, especially afterwards. But with knowing what we know about Jen now and they're doing this, Maybe they're 
just saying, fuck Jen, who cares? Let's keep doing this. And telling Heather, this is two weeks in a row that Heather has spoken to the person who's offended or mad at Angie, right? Yeah. She spoke to Lisa before the skiing trip, didn't mention that Angie was going. She spoke to Jen the day before the choir thing, didn't mention that Angie was going to be there, even though she had a full in-depth conversation about how Angie's husband started the the um, fake Instagram. The fake Instagram. So Heather's just missing all over the place. And she, you think that maybe she would have learned from her mistake last week with Angie and Lisa. She doesn't. That's what makes me think like, look, I really like Heather. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt because of how much I like her. And I think that there is maybe a little bit of producer hands going in here. Like, yeah, let's get them all in a room together because we want to see the drama that comes from that happening. Fair. And it's not like we're going to get a Jen Shaw party where Angie shows up. It's not like we're going to get a Lisa party where Angie shows up. So the only way that we're going to get Angie to show up is through Heather. So let's keep having Heather do these things to try to get people involved. And then Angie will show up. That's my thought process on that. That's an interesting take. I I don't agree with you, but I think that's an interesting take. I do think that she's tried to stir up the business a little bit. I think I'm also fine with that, though. I know you are. I, I know where you stand with yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> that takes us back to my favorite. We are in Potomac with the Grand Dame herself. And um, I'm going to ask it every week. What are we thinking? How are we feeling? Oh, I like it a lot. Great, right? Yeah. yeah it's so good. But... This episode, we start out with Wendy, who we haven't seen much of this season, and this is all tying back to the drama that started last week, where after the dance class, her and Robin get into it, and when she's explaining this whole situation to Eddie, her husband, she takes this whole stance that she was like calm, cool, and collected the whole time, which, one, she wasn't, two, she was caught off mic afterwards, agreeing with Robin. So, what are your thoughts on Wendy thus far? Um... I don't know. I think she's a little two-faced in most situations. She doesn't get a lot of screen time. I I mean, I kind of like what she's doing with her business. I would like to get a little bit more into that, but I know we're probably not going to get more into that because of the drama that's going on with Robin. But yeah, I mean, I think she's saving face and making it look like she's fully in the right with her husband. I love Eddie, by the way. Eddie's yeah. great. Um, so Eddie, last year, there was cheating rumors about Eddie. Right, right. And that caused a whole, like, Wendy was off the rails last year. Like, she was screaming at people. She was starting all kinds of arguments. But it's just weird, especially with the off-mic moment, because we know where she actually stands with the whole thing. So to take a stance now, when she, I guess she doesn't know she got caught off-mic till the season airs? I, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I think she realized it in the moment. She did say, oh, shit, my mic is still on. But I don't think that she realized it was going to be in the show and she was going to look as bad as she does. But yeah, I mean, she's painting herself in a better picture, and we do get like the back and forth between her. It is kind of funny because they set it up in this way that Robin's having this big fun day for the kids, and there's going to be competitions and whatever. Are these kids practicing for that? Is that what's going on? Like, are they just when Wendy was out there? Wendy was out. Well, no. Wendy's kids were out there. They were all running around on a field. No, Robin's kids were. Yes, Robin's kids were definitely they were practicing. practicing yeah, that's funny. I think it's a bad. I mean, it's obviously a bad look. And to your point, yeah, I don't think that she realizes that the hot mic's going to be involved in the show. But at the same time, I get it. She's still trying to paint herself like I didn't lose my cool. I wasn't the aggressor in the situation, even though I guess Robin probably was. But Robin definitely escalated it. Yeah. And and I do agree that in that moment, you have to not be so petty. And I think the other women were saying the same thing to Robin. Don't be petty. Like, leave the kids out of it. Let the kids come and play. Rule number one. Just let it go and it's going to be fine. 
And Wendy's just like not about that stance. And she even said immediately after, look, we can have all the beef in the world, but you don't do that to my kids. Well, and then Robin kind of backtracked a little bit, but I don't agree with the way that she did it. If you have, if you want the kids to go own up to it, text Wendy and be like, look, I know that we're at odds right now, but you're right. I don't want to leave your kids out. I think Wendy would sh- send her kids with Candace at that point. Instead, she has Candace go do her dirty work for her. And obviously in Wendy's stance, yeah, no, I'm not sending my kids over there. If you're not even going to be man enough or woman enough to talk to me and just tell me yourself that you want my kids to come, no, fuck no. I'm going to leave my kids at home. I was about to ask you, how do you feel about that that move? I, th- I think Wendy's in the right at that point. I think I the Robin's too. in the wrong for back-channeling instead of just owning up and saying, like, you don't even have to apologize to her. Just say, look, we're, we, we're in disagreement right now. We are at odds. We're not close, but I don't want to leave your kids out. Say that to her, mother to mother. I think that Wendy would respect that and say, yeah, I'm going to try. And then at the end of the day, if your kids don't show up, it's not the end of the world, but at least you had that conversation like adults. Instead, Robin used Candace as Aunt Candace to go try to pick up the kids and moved herself completely away from the situation. And she didn't even set it up like, tell Wendy that I told you to do this. It probably looked like Candace was trying to be the bigger person in all of this and saying like, no, your kids are still going. Fuck that. I See, I think that Wendy definitely knew it came from Robin. I don't think that uh, she was confused by that. I So initially when I saw this, I was like, you know what? All right, that at least she made some kind of effort. I wasn't like for it or against it but i i thought that it was fine the more i thought about it i i did start to realize like all right it's clearly still a jab if you're not going to invite her but invite her children because like how are you going to explain that to the kids that being said as an avid potomac watcher for multiple seasons robin's super petty like she even admits it in the show i'm really petty so for her to even budge an inch and kind of try to involve the kids in any way shape or form i thought was a positive and like for Wendy there, like take what you can get and say, all right, fine. Like I'll send the kids. But I do also understand Wendy being like, no, fuck that. Like nobody's going. If I'm not going, they're not going. Cause that's weird. So I thought the funniest part was Juan Dixon's kids going, you were a bench player, <laughs> world-class bench player, <laughs> which Juan Dixon was a bench player. He absolutely was. But for your kid to take that dig, that had to sting. And then he gets, his, and then he lost, then he lost after yeah. talking smack. And Robin's like, he's a world-class athlete. Was was a world class mm-hmm. athlete as a former professional athlete, not world class, but professional athlete. I can barely run now, so I, I feel you. One, I get you. You can have <laughs> a little right? hop in a potato. I, <laughs> I walk. It might look like I'm trying to walk with swagger. No, my hip hurts. <laughs> yeah, you should just try to watch Steel try to get out of a bunker on a golf course. Okay, all right, you don't have to go <laughs> but we talked about it last week. The whole Ashley thing sparks. Giselle just needs to throw herself into the situation. And she's not involved at all. And she's the only one that's holding on to this. And now she's pissed that when Candace shows up to the game day, she doesn't say, she doesn't say anything to Giselle. I know. Good. That's fine. She's pissed at you. Or you're ruining her husband's image while he's just trying to be a nice guy. Like, there's no reason for any of this. Giselle is the one who's now mad that she didn't say hi to her. Have some self-awareness. Be like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Not a big deal. I'm just going to talk to Chris, and this is this can be over with immediately. Instead, she holds on to it. She's like, she should still say hi to me. Yeah, she she tells her to move on from it, which I thought was like one of the worst things to say. But and then you get Mia sitting over there. Oh my god, dude, Mia <laughs> and like Mia's cutscenes in this. Like, here's the difference. Like, it goes to cutscenes of a lot of the housewives, and they're not always nice, and they a lot of times say some like 
backdoor shit where they're trying to like jab at somebody. But it's usually funny. It's with an air of like, ha ha. When she does it, not only does she have to end it every single time with, did I just say that? Yeah, you did. You're the only one in the room. You said that. We got it. You think you're quirky. You're not. But the stuff she says is just straight up mean. It's not funny. It's not well thought out. It's not quirky. It's just mean. Just her maturity level overall and the way that she handles situations. And clearly she just plays both sides of the ball. No matter what's going on, she will always buddy up to whoever is like in the right or seemingly in the right. And then behind closed doors with the other person, take their side. Like she just wants to stir the fucking pot. And I don't think it's because she enjoys the drama, which I do think she does. I think it's because she doesn't know how to navigate reality TV. I think in her mind, this is how you play the game. I'm going to say some off-color shit in my confessional. I'm going to try to ruffle feathers here, and then I'm going to play all sides so I can always have an angle. I think she's trying to outthink herself, and she's not capable of being like her own reality star, so she's just like pulling at strings here, and none of them are hitting. No, and you're right, but I do think, and I want to get your opinion on this, when they're sitting on the bleachers and Candace is, I forget who she was talking to, maybe it was Robin? talking about the situation about people lying and it's ruining other people's lives and blah, blah, blah. Mia's sitting on the side, giving her the side eye, like through her sunglasses. I know. Do you think that Mia immediately thinks that Candace is talking about her, like subtweeting about her? I don't. I think that Mia thinks that everything is about her. I do. Yes, I agree with that. So I got the, I got the sense that Mia's sitting there like, She's talking about me like oh, right see, here, like she's trying to take a dig at me. And like, nobody cares about you. Nobody Mia. does. We're not talking about your cancer post anymore. We're not talking about your fake interaction where you thought that Chris was looking at you at the party. Nobody even knows about that because nobody cares and it didn't exist. I see. That's what I took it as. I took it as, oh, I know he did that because he also stared at me and you don't know that. Mm-hmm. I think that that was her withholding this big bombshell that never happened. I think that was what that smirk was. Not so much the, oh, you're talking about me right now. I think she knew she was talking about Ashley and Giselle. And she was like, mm, I've got more dirt if you want it, but I'm not going to spill oh the beans. God. That's She's, what I yeah, took she from stinks. It. And like the way that she badmouths Family Fun Day. That was the confession I was trying to think of. Like, yeah. are you too good for fun and games on the field? Are you too upper class and too high and mighty to go out there and have a potato sack race? Was it poorly organized? Absolutely. She didn't do a good job there. It was kind of like the Craig seating chart debacle. Like you need to have, (laughs) you need to have things lined up. Yeah. So there's no dead time because dead time will ruin the party. So you should have had more organization for sure. However, the idea of the party's not bad. Like, let's get everybody outside. We'll all, like, do some stupid, like, camp summer games. Like, that's fun. I still do that with Poppy every now and then. And, like, I have a good time. I hurt my hip every time. Yeah. But I have fun during it. It's the after fact that sucks. Yeah. But for her to take a dig at Family Fun Day, I thought was just, like, the cherry on top of Mia being Mia. But once again, as you love to point out, I these athletic events are fun because you get to kind of see who's athletic and who's not. Now a potato sack race can make an athletic person look not athletic. Oh yeah. But you can kind of see who's got a little bit of feel for it. And it's exactly who you would think would be good at it. And exactly who you think wouldn't be good at it. Mia sucks. Robin's decent. Giselle was actually kind of surprising when she was doing the tug of war. That's surprising. She was organizing. Oh no. See, she strikes me as an athlete. Oh, okay. Yeah. Giselle strikes me as an athlete. Yeah. She was, she was pretty solid. Yeah. I think that Giselle's a little more athletic than you're giving her credit for. Yeah. I think probably, but Karen's there. (laughs) Karen made me laugh the whole time. She strolls up in a mask and I don't think the mask was COVID related. I think it was allergy related. 
Could have been. I mean, she did just have that whole, she had to drop out of the dance class because she thought that she had COVID, but she was just sick. And maybe this is the tail end of that. And I don't know. But did she, but again, like, was that, that was arguably a Sharice issue, which is what this was as well. Cause she starts coughing up a lung. She's got her hands over her head. Like she's a football practice, like trying to catch her breath, which by the way, do you know that got debunked? Did it really? It's not actually easier to breathe with your hands on top of your head. It's actually wow. more conducive to your lungs to put your hands on your knees. And like we all tried to do it football well, in this and then case, Knox would yell at us. In this case, it doesn't really matter because she's faking it. Oh, yeah. So. We quickly find out like it's because Sharice is there and she's like, oh, I just need to go to the car. And like it goes to that cutscene with Giselle where she's like, Sharice. And she's like, who? She's like, Sharice. She goes, so how's your 16 year old? Like what? <laughs> like just moves on from it. So clearly she's just not comfortable being around Sharice. I don't like that she keeps avoiding the situation. I will stand by Karen to the death. I will ride into the gates of hell with Karen. Yeah. I want to see her go to war with Sharice or at least try to hammer this stuff out because when Karen gets going, Karen is gold. Mm -hmm. It is the best kind of reality TV out there because she's usually pointed in her arguments. She usually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I do. I do really want to get Sharice involved more. I want to get, looks like Wendy got a little bit more involved. Um, you know, the, the women who have been on the outskirts for the beginning of the season, it just seems kind of like growing pains. There's, you know, this thing with Chris, and then there's this thing with Candace and Giselle, obviously, that's going on with the Chris thing. You get the Wendy and Robin action, and these all kind of feel like just kind of like small plot lines, not a whole lot. We need that big storyline, and we talk about it in Beverly Hills, which we didn't need that big storyline because it just drug on forever. But we need that like big centerpiece for the season. I don't really want it to be Ashley and Michael. I don't really want it to be Giselle versus Candace. I don't really want it to be Robin versus Wendy. I want to see Karen involved. And I do want to get to the bottom of the Karen and Cherise thing. And I think maybe, I mean, there were some scenes for next week and they were talking about Karen. So hopefully they get a little bit more involved. It, it and does I need seem... a little bit of drama there with that. Yeah. Um. But they do need that like that main piece, that staple for the season. And I hope that we're going to get it because we're getting into the season and there's like a lot of little things, little appetizers going on here and there, but need something big. So this is what I'm going to appreciate if they are shaping it up this way, which I do believe they are. I think that that's going to be at least the mid-season climax is mm-hmm. going to be Karen versus Sharice. Whether that carries the length of the season, I don't know, but... I like that they're setting it up with little shit. They got little things going on here and there. Nothing crazy is going on, but it's fun drama for now. It's not something we can sink our teeth into, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. If they're building it up to the Sharice and Karen thing, and that's our like main course of this, like great. I think that that's great timing. I think it's great editing, great producing. Now, will that be able to sustain us for however many episodes are in this season? I don't know. And I'm nervous that, if they latch on to a main storyline too early, we're going to run into a Beverly Hills where it's like the same shit for three weeks in a row. And then we get a little reprieve and then it's back to the same shit. I don't want to do that again. No. So if they're setting it up to have this blowout, great. I just hope that it's timed the right way so that it's enjoyable to watch for the length of it and it doesn't run its course too early. I'm with that. Yeah, I, I do like that we're just kind of they're like the plot lines are there. It looks like they're setting up for something a little bit bigger, which is good. We do need to talk about the Ashley and Michael situation. Uh, I want to get your take on it because I have I have a thought. I might be way off, but I have a thought. But I want to hear what you have to say about that situation before I throw out my crazy Here's theory. my thought. I can't even let you finish your sentence because this <laughs> whole situation perplexes me to the point where I get frustrated when I'm watching the TV and I forget 
Every season, I forget that Ashley is this way because Ashley's a likable character in a lot of ways, right? Like she's fun to watch. She's nice most of the time. Like she's a likable person. I always forget that she has this weird complex when it comes to Michael and watching it play out again. I'm like, dude, she's sitting there on the phone or in person with her publicist. It was one of those two meetings. And they're talking about how to navigate this whole situation about announcing their separation. While she's reading this thing, they're just going to cut scenes of Michael being an asshole and being an idiot and cheating on her. Like, do you really think that the dude was checking the time in the room after he fell asleep because nothing happened because he was too drunk? And then it cuts the scene, I took her back to my hotel room. Like, that right there is grounds for divorce. He just told you he took a woman back. I don't care if you guys are into threesomes. I don't care if you guys have an extended sexual relationship. That is between you two and the third party. That is not up to Michael to go do auditions for the third person when you're not there. Like, I just can't understand. And then it goes to her upset because he got a vasectomy and they can't potentially have another child. It's like, what does this man hold over you? What is this power that Michael Darby has? Is this dude hung like a horse? Like, what the I fuck? I can't imagine what it is, but it is, it is maddening when she's talking about it. The way that she phrases it, she says that we need to get this separation thing out there, make sure that like all you know, law parties know and whatever. The appropriate parties need to know what's going on so that Michael can go live his best life. If he wants to go to a strip club and get some tits and ass in his face, he can go do that. If he wants to go out and take girls back to his hotel room, he can go do that. He should be free to go do that is what she said. That's weird. That's wild. That's she's a crazy talking about him like, thing to say. Like he's like a sympathetic figure in this situation where she's holding him back from his true life. No. That's wild. She, he cheated on you yeah there is so like, many does she get things mad about it no she never does dude if you watch it's the crazy. seasons before where like the shit comes to light she very quickly forgives him she has moments where she's like yeah like things are rocky i don't know if it's gonna work out and like 10 minutes later they're totally fine and he weasels his way out of it like the dude is such a weasel and i can't stand it because i watch ashley who's this beautiful bright fun entertaining personality on tv and she's stuck by this moron who's cheating on her constantly, who is so psyched to be separated that he's not answering your phone calls. Yeah. He, you claim that it's because he's mad it got leaked? Bullshit. No. So this is what I think. Oh. I think he leaked it. Wow. I, don't, I think it was his side wow. that leaked it. Because she knows too. that it wasn't. She said, like, she talked to her publicist. Her publicist was freaking out about it. She was freaking out about it. He wasn't answering his phone. I like this. I like this a lot. So if he leaks it, maybe he can try to figure something else out. Maybe he can be that sympathetic figure Ooh. where did you just, something just click? Something just hammered Let's hear home. It. I want to hear it. So I think that he knows that there's inklings that she doesn't want this to end. He can feel it. They're still living together in that concrete monstrosity that mm -hmm. they call an apartment. It looks like a douchey bachelor pad. That's yeah. all it looks like that you shoved kids toys into. I think that he is understanding that, oh, this might not be over in her eyes. And he sees a way out and he's like, I need to jump the gun here. I need to put this out in the public so I can exit. That would actually make process. a lot of sense because if he got the vasectomy, maybe that was his way of saying, like, no, we're done. We're done. I don't done. want you to come back and say, you want another kid. Like, I got a vasectomy. Maybe he didn't even get the vasectomy. Who the fuck knows? But him leaking this could be that last straw. Like, this needs to end. Like, I do want to go live my separated life. Clearly I do want to go do whatever the hell I want, which is very clear that he does. And he now thinks, okay, she's going to be cool with this whole co-parenting thing or what? What? PP. PP. Yeah, we'll call it a PP. 
maybe that's what he has come to realize is like his dream life is being able to co-parent her being okay with everything that he does and then him going off and living the life that he wants to go live and it's not happening quick enough and she's showing signs of not wanting it to happen but he still wants it to happen it makes sense that he would leak it to the press boom yeah debunked and then Smell he's you. not man enough to answer the fucking phone yeah dude what a pussy and yeah, that doesn't scumbag. that doesn't surprise me at all because this guy's a worm he's an yeah. absolute worm That's not like heidi klum but he's a no worm. not a heidi klum worm he's a greasy gross worm <laughs> and ashley you can do so much better dude get out there in potomac there's a lot of eligible bachelors out there go meet like a politician go live your best life somewhere else like leave this guy alone you already got the money the money's coming right like yep. You made it through the five years. You're getting alimony. You're getting child support. Get the fuck out. Just go. The dude got a vasectomy because he's saying you're going to try to get pregnant. He's literally being like, I know you're going to try to keep me in this. I'm trying to get the fuck out. How can you not read the writing on the wall? And you're sitting there like, oh, I'm just going to miss him. And like the idea of not having another kid with him, like that makes me sad. He's so out. He's getting his nuts cut off and not answering the phone and leaking shit to the press. All right, just medically speaking. Medically speaking. You do know how vasectomies work, right? Yeah, they cut your balls off. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll just go with that. No, 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 no. They snip, snip. It's a a very easy process. Well, look, I think that this is a great opportunity to just leave it there. That's a good way to end it. Leave it with balls cut off? Leave it with the balls cut off, and that's where we are. I I do want to stress that I do actually understand how vasectomies work. I don't think that they just cut your balls off. Yeah, sure you do, pal. But that brings us to our question portion of the show. We got a lot tonight, so we'll try to comb through them and pick as many as we can. But due to time constraints, we got a Phillies and an Eagles game in about 15 minutes. These are going to be a little bit shorter tonight. Yeah, we'll both be uh, rocking the double TVs. Yeah, bear with me here. But up first from Allison Clune NJ, I'm assuming means you're from New Jersey. Do you think Paige can do better than Craig? Oh, yeah. Really? That quick? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, Craig's a messy guy. Um, I like him. I think he, like I said before, he has good intentions, shitty execution with a lot of the things that he does. But seeing this, when we saw them in Southern Charm, it looked like everything was great. Everything's going well. Now you see them like living together and she's terrified to live with him because he's messy and he's a hoarder. And then she talks about like his personality and stuff. It just doesn't really seem like they're going to work, which well, that's is different tough to th- say. That's different than... She even says it herself when Jess is talking about... You know, talking about all the guys that are in the house and if she has like a good rapport with any of them she says well you're not looking to marry anyone here and i would really advise against it her boyfriend's sitting in the other room that's so, a good point yeah but you didn't think that was just like a little ha 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 moment no I, I i think she can probably do better i don't no i don't think she can do better i think that at his core i think craig is a great dude i think that craig needs to get over trying to throw money at things trying to flex on people and i think he needs to get past this like drinking phase in his life and i say that only because he was on watch what happens live and or maybe it was the reunion it was it was a southern charm reunion and he actually addresses like yeah i saw some clips of myself and like it actually became aware that there was a problem there so he's addressing that i think that who he is when he's not putting on fronts and not parting his face off i think that he's genuinely a good guy and i think that they make sense that works from adam underscore gores favorite season of housewives do you have a favorite season? Should we no, amend this question yet. a little bit? Yeah, no, not yet. What's your favorite Housewife franchise? Let's do that. Probably Jersey. Really? Yeah, I like Jersey. Even with Potomac and Salt Lake on right now? Jersey's yeah, I mean, there, I have more of a history with Jersey. I have more of a history with Beverly Hills, unfortunately. But 
right now, I, I still think that like when Jersey comes back, like I'm excited for that. Okay, that's a good answer. I Mine's Potomac. It has been Potomac, probably always will be Potomac, and then Salt Lake is a close second. I think that they're glossed over too much, and they're also both... I guess Potomac's not really early anymore. That's what, season seven now? Yeah. I think that Salt Lake doesn't get enough attention. I think it deserves more attention. So, big Salt Lake guy, but Potomac is number one for me. From Gap underscore Paoli, would you bring back Caroline Manzo to team up with Dolores? Yeah, I do think that, I, I just think Dolores needs a little bit more backup, and it sounds like she's going to be out with Teresa this year. It sounds like there's going to be different factions. I'm kind of excited to see how that unfolds. But I love Dolores, so I do think that she needs a little bit more backup. Yes. I agree, and I think that having Dolores with Caroline Manzo up against Teresa would be gold. Yeah. That great would TV. be great TV because Caroline's already anti Teresa to begin with. Yep. Dolores is taking a stance against Teresa this season, I guess. You want to like come back with a bang after what last year was not my favorite season of Jersey? Yeah. Bring Caroline back for sure. I think that would be gold and kick Melissa off because. Yeah, she brings she, nothing. Yeah, and there's a lot of drama with her right now. And like, you're going to have to. It looks to me like you're going to have to actually pick. I know Andy doesn't like ultimatums, but it seems to me like if you want Teresa on the show, you're going to have to take a stance on Joe and Melissa at some point. Yeah. So bring Caroline back. That works. The last one we have tonight. From AEL1225, no question, just go Phils and go Birds. You're Let's damn go. right. Let's go. Big games tonight. This is the night we take back the lead in the series against the Astros, those fucking cheaters. Go Birds, 8-0. We're on the road. No other announcements. You got anything else? Nope. Fuck go. yeah. Go Birds. Go Phils. Bravo bros out. Bye. <laughs>